Hello, it's Denise from Women Beyond a Certain Age. In this difficult time of pandemic, but also some people, the spin, the spin is, let's think of it as a reset and aren't we lucky? <laughs> I have a guest on today, Leslie Comet, who I met through LADOM. And Leslie and I did a panel for the LADOM um, conference last October. And I've been wanting to have her on Women Beyond a Certain Age ever since because Leslie is the president of her own business. I'm gonna let Leslie tell us about it. But I have to tell you, Leslie is the classic to me. Get the job done, so smart, excellent tips. And I think that Leslie can help all of us, not just if you're working. Do you know what I mean? We all have to either work on getting our mojo back or find out where our mojo went during all this time. So Leslie, welcome. Thank you. I'm so pleased to see you again and be part of your show. Oh, thank you. We had fun on that panel. We had fun we, on that panel. We really did it. For me, it was a lot of fun um, being with other women and hearing different perspectives and kind of like you're talking about getting your mojo back or finding your mojo. I think also just finding it together and leaning on each other is so important. So to me, I felt so energized after that opportunity. And I think, you know, whether you're doing some type of formal panel or, you know, tuning into things on your show or whatever, if people can just find resources, other women to lean on, other women to bounce ideas off of, I think that's where you really get the energy. And I think a lot of times the motivation and sometimes a little kick that you need to keep going. Well said. Now, tell, tell everybody, Leslie, what do you do in your business? So I own Comet Marketing Communications. It's Comet with a K. Um, and we are a full service public relations and marketing firm. And a lot of people say, okay, well, what is that? Um, we basically help business owners figure out how to share their messages with their audiences, whether it's through media relations, whether it's through a podcast, whether it's through advertising, it's helping to find the messaging and create those messages and then help them get those things out there. So we might be pitching stories, we could be helping people with their website development or website copy, um, social media management, a lot of graphic design. So anything where you're trying to communicate to the public or to your audiences, what you want them to know about you, that's where we are. That's fantastic. Of course, in my career, Leslie, I worked with a lot of, you know, uh, PR and marketing um, people, whether it was cookbook tours or satellite media tours, you know, it, or mostly through cookbooks and stuff. It's, it's amazing and so, so helpful. And especially, I think, now, you know, one of the things I know about business now in the pandemic was to complete the thought. Leslie, I was told early on by a very good PR mentor to me in my career, she said, you got to market when you're slow and you got to market when you're busy. And I know that for me, people get busy or they don't want to update their website. Do you know what I mean? Or they don't think they need it or whatever their messaging points. They may not even have, they may not realize they have messaging points, but they do. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's, I always equate it to being a jar of peanut butter at the grocery store and you're on the shelf. So you're on there. That's fantastic. But if people don't know which shelf you're on, where to find you, what aisle you're on, then you're kind of just sitting there waiting for people to find you rather than getting out there and finding your market. And I think especially with COVID 
and so many businesses struggling or having to reinvent themselves or venture off into areas that they typically haven't focused on, getting the word out there to let people know who you are and what you're all about is so important. And I think also people today want authentic stories. They don't want you to sell them something. They want to feel connected to you and they want you to be, um, I think authentic is really the best word I can say. They don't want to feel like you're marketing things to them. They want to see that you're human and that, that who's behind the curtain. I always think about the Wizard of Oz when Toto pulls the curtain back and there's that this guy that wasn't really who you thought the great Oz was, but now you know who's back behind there and people want to know who they're doing business with and they want to know that you're human. Um, and I think all of those things can only come through when you share your story, if you're just sitting there with a product or a website and not really talking to your audiences and letting them get to know you, then it's, you're doing yourself a disservice. I totally agree. I couldn't agree more. And you know, that's, there have been so many changes in the last 10, 15 years. With, do, remember, I remember the first time I heard social media, I thought, what are people talking about? Do you know, really? Yeah. I mean, yeah. 12 years ago, someone said, well, Denise, you, you, you have to talk, you know, you have to be on social media. And I thought, what are you talking about? I remember the first Facebook invitations I got from someone. I kept saying to my husband, what is this Facebook? I thought it's hard. It's hard to keep up with the changing times. And, you know, the one thing I'll say, if you're you're a small business owner, you can't do everything. That's just not feasible. Um, You may need to bring in somebody like my company or whoever that is in your market to help you do that. And you can find ways to do things um, creatively um, within your budget because it can get expensive to try to do so many things. Um, So I think it's getting really down to looking strategy. Like where do we really need to be? If we could only pick three places where we play hard, let's do those three things well, rather than trying to be all things, all people everywhere. That's I think challenging for small businesses. So I think picking your best options, where are your um, audiences? Where are your buyers, your customers, your fans? Where are they? And then go find them and talk to them there. Such good advice. And you know how I can equate this to women of beyond a certain age. When Leslie, like me, now that all of a sudden I really am retired, it took a year and a half. Do you know what I mean? I couldn't even say it at first. I don't believe it. <laughs> I'm still doing things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you learn to do new things, hopefully. Right. When a lot of the women that listen to us, and what's amazing is it's not always old ladies like me, we have an enormous amount of 40 and 50 year old women that listen. So I always like to hope that we're kind of helping to point them in the right direction. Do you know what I mean? But marketing yourself, if you're, and people say, well, why would I need that? Well, if you're getting to be retired or looking at retirement, you may be thinking, well, what can I do next? And you already probably have a market for it. Do you know what I mean? If you're in a mm-hmm. club, like one of my favorite stories years ago was a woman came to my catering class. Okay. Beautiful. Beautiful. She came and we were all cooking that too. She had like on a linen pantsuit. <laughs> and the boys in my kitchen kept saying, go look at her car. Miss Denise, go look at her car. <laughs> because of course she was driving the top of the line Mercedes. <laughs> And they were so cute. And she put on an apron. She was a wonderful cook. She wanted to open a small catering business. She really wanted to give like expensive dinner parties for six to eight people. 
And I said, fantastic. And I said, well, do you, you know, are you in a church group? No. Do you, um, you know, do, do you volunteer at your high school? No. And I said, and she said, well, you know, mostly I keep house because my husband is like the vice president of NBC. <laughs> and I remember I said to her, I said, I think you have a market for your dinner parties. Okay. There guys. you go. <laughs> you have an untapped market. And she laughed and said, Really? I said, Of course. I said, Now, first of all, some people will hire you just because they want to suck up to your husband the first time. But if the food is lovely and great, they're going to hire you on your own merit. She went on to do that for about 10 years and she would keep in touch with me. And she'd say, Denise, I'll never forget it. You said to me, You have a market. You don't even know the untapped market that you have. And I think as women, look for new things to do. They, they have markets of people that can help them succeed. If they want to write a book, do you know what I mean? If they want to sell, if they want to sell on Etsy, you know, if they want to sell sweaters that they're making or something. So that's why I think, Leslie, your sound points are always really valuable, not just. Well, I think, yeah, you know. I was just going to say, Denise, if people are thinking about not staying with what they're doing because they're tired of doing it for whatever reason. Maybe COVID has made it hard to do what you're doing. I think don't be afraid to try something new. And I, and I think you and I talked about this before. It's really not about what you do or that title that you have. Maybe you're a chef or you're a retailer, but it's really the things that you do day to day that you love doing in that capacity. So for me, I think you know this, I used to be a television newscaster. Yes. And I did that for many, many years. And I had a very unceremonious ending to my career because our owner, we were a 24-hour news channel way before the ahead of its time. And after some, I think two years, they decided they weren't going to continue. And they literally turned the switch and 150 of us were out of a job. So we all went and had maybe a few cocktails together. And we <laughs> laughed at the table about, okay, we're, where are we going to go? And everybody had a fork in the road. And so many of the young adults that were working with me took the right path to continue their news careers. And everybody has done amazing things. Um, I opted at that moment to think about, okay, where could I go with this? And I started thinking about the skills that I had learned being in television news. I was a strong writer. I loved meeting people. I loved telling stories. I had received so many pitches. I had a pretty good familiarity with what the other side of the fence, so to speak, looked like. And so I decided that that was the direction that I was gonna go. So I took all of my skills from television news, packed them in a bag, and I took the PR route and I haven't looked back. And that I think I founded back in 2004 and um, you know we're thriving and I've learned a lot on the job because obviously I came from a completely different career path, but I just knew, for me, I think one thing to note is I almost had to make a decision. It was forced on me because I lost my job. Um, but from that, I have had just immense pleasure with the work that I do now. I've learned so much. I've grown so much. And I own my own business, which I didn't have before. So for me, even though it was a hardship at the time, wow, it's it's been a huge change in my life and a very positive one. So I just share that story because I think if you think about the things that you do day to day that you love doing and the work that you have, figure out where you can use those skills someplace else if you're looking for something new to do. I had a friend that had retired. She'd run a massive real estate company. Okay, just massive. Had inherited it from her father, but in LA and then took it over, made more money than he did. She was amazing. 
Well, she was tired of real estate. That's all it was. And one day she, we were in a, the car and she said, well, I don't know what I would do next. She said, I just really want to volunteer. I said, and she had the money to do that, which was lovely. And so she went down to Cedar sinai and she created her own volunteer job. And what she did was she said, I'll just organize all the volunteers. So it was exactly like what she'd always been doing. Do you know what I mean? She organized real estate salesmen and now she was organizing volunteers. She ended up being in charge of like 600 volunteers at Cedar sinai It became a paid position. Do you know what I mean? Because, mm -hmm. but... I'll never forget it. She went from saying what I really want to do is, and then she took all her people skills and all her management skills and brought it to Cedar sinai Hospital. They didn't even know they needed someone to coordinate there. Yeah. You know? So, and Leslie, your story, which I'm so sorry, but it's the happy ending is you started your own business. You're never going to get fired again. That's what I used to That's exactly right. Until I'm ready. <laughs> That's when, exactly right. Somebody <laughs> knows because we worked together for 20 years. But let's see. There were bad times. Okay. Sometimes it's, sometimes money was tight or I'd say things to her like, we're having tuna sandwiches for lunch because we're poor. <laughs> you know, because the checks have not been paid by the clients. We have not gotten any. My cash flow is terrible. And we, we po today. But she would laugh. But you know what, Leslie, I, I went to sleep every night and I thought, I'm not going to be fired. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, and your story of turning around and taking a pivot, as you taught me that word last year at La Dame, and finding a new path. Well, aren't we always doing that? I mean, people don't even know they're doing it. Do you know what I mean? If God forbid you lose a job or you're widowed or something, you know, or you're ill, you become ill. You got to know how to pivot. You got to pivot and you can't be afraid. I think that's the thing that keeps people from doing it. They get um, paralyzed. They just, they know that they need to do something, but they don't know what to do, how to, how to do it. So, you know, one of the key things for me has been to have incredible um, sounding boards in my life. I have, um, I tend to be a little bit of a um, introvert, believe it or not, even though I was in television and I've really had to work at it, but I've worked hard to develop friendships with people like you who I could say, hey, I have this idea or hey, I'm having a bad day or hey, this didn't go as planned. What do you think? Because I think getting feedback from somebody and getting out of your own head and having relationships with people that you trust and value really helps bolster um, the plan, helps you figure out a path, gives you pushback when you need it. Um, I think that's so important. And then also, I think if you're older, I'm not going to say how old I am, and I'm not going to ask you either, but if you're older, it can be intimidating because you're thinking, wow, I'm, I'm past my prime. Look at all these young people. But we bring very unique skill sets to the table because we have that thing called life experience. So exactly right. don't be afraid. Don't feel intimidated um, because there's so much out there and there's opportunity. That's why we live in America, right? There's great opportunity, but it's not going to come find you. You have to go seek it yourself. And I think getting yourself motivated and um, having people around you to help keep you going is so important. When I closed my office and moved to Ventura from West LA, people said, you must miss it, Denise. And I missed, but I didn't, I only missed Cindy. Okay, what you're talking about in the sounding board. I didn't miss my clients. They're fine. Bye-bye. You know I mean? Thank you. Goodbye. But, and I, I mean, I missed a few. But I miss Cindy because Cindy and I, every morning at a cup of coffee, and now we do it texting sometimes, I run something by her. 
or we're talking about something we may be working on or a client she's working with and we help each other. It's exactly what I said, it's a sounding board. Mm -hmm. And this is why as we age to isolate ourselves, do you know what I mean? I mean, I, I know that people think that Facebook or Instagram, that sometimes it's used inappropriately, but for me, I'll tell you this, um, I keep in touch with, Leslie, women that I cooked with, women that I, you know, that have gone on that ha have had these amazing careers that were interns of mine. I mean, I love that thing because I can keep in touch with them all the time. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, I think one of the problems is as we age also is isolation. I mean, and you said it, you don't, you're old and no one cares about you anymore. Do you know what I mean? And, and I think it's, it's important, you know, to that point, how you're feeling, just remember all of the people in your life are probably feeling the same. So a little bit of a, I get a text every so often from one of my friends and it's just sort of like, Hey, just checking in, wanting to wish you a great day. And that just like, is, I don't even know. It just like lifts me up and makes me feel like, wow, somebody's actually taking the time and thinking about me. And it's just a little moment here or there. So I think what we want for ourselves, we should do for others. So I would just remind people that you get what you give back or, you know, or what you give others. So that's that exactly they're waiting for it. And, you know, that's a mojo tip. Exactly. Is, you know, when, as Cindy said, it just was, we were coming on, she's been busy doing things. So she has had more energy again. I think Leslie, for me, I tried to, when the pandemic hit, I've tried to really make a schedule for myself. Do you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. by having a schedule, I get up in the morning, I have breakfast and I do a little Facebooking and if there's any emails from someone I need to answer. And then I, I get dressed and then I put on lipstick and then I walk my dogs and I think about, and I make, I have a post-it in my back pocket. Leslie, people have bought me every kind of fancy organizer in the whole world. <laughs> people give me these, my husband, these incredible fancy organizers. I write the five things I want to accomplish today and I put it in my back pocket. Do you know what I mean? And then I can pull it out and I can cross it off. They're not Herculean lists like I used to have when I worked. Do you know what I mean? Full time in my business. Sometimes I would have 20 things on a list that I needed to accomplish in the next eight hours. And you know what? I was just setting myself up for disappointment because you, you know, it was not going to happen. Yeah. And I have that sometimes. I mean, I'm, I'm still working and working hard and have a lot of things going. So I, um, I do keep, keep lists too. And I try to prioritize what has to get done today, what needs to be done. And I actually try to put timelines on myself so that I can be to your point kind to myself, but also accountable since I'm the boss, I have to answer to me. Um, but I think one of the things that I've found um, a little bit challenging, especially through COVID is I'm sitting on my computer rather than going to in-person meetings a lot. And I actually love Zoom. Um, and if people who are listening haven't tried it, you can actually do it for, I think, what is it? 40 minutes or less, it's free. So yes. there's a free account that you can have. But to me, seeing somebody's face is so valuable rather than just talking on the phone. But I'm doing it all day long. And I've had to really be mindful that I need to block out time not to just have all these meetings, but to make sure I have time to do not just the work, but the thinking that goes behind the work. Because you have to think before you can do the work. And that, I think, is sometimes challenging for business owners right now. You're running around trying to make the donuts and um, you need to have a little bit of time to plan, well, what's the flavor going to be? And, you know, what, what are we rolling out what? And so having that 
downtime, I think is just so important too. I think that's an absolutely wonderful point. And I say that in the same vein, when people say to me, well, I uh, several people, these are all women that cook, Leslie, okay? Most of them were private chefs, they were caterers, they, and, you know, the equation is with that kind of job, is it all about in your early 60s, you start saying, I can't stand for 12, 14 hours a day. Do you know what I mean? I don't care if you're an Olympic runner. There is a point that your body starts saying, boy, my back is sore today than, you know, yesterday. Or, And one of the funnest times that when Cindy and I would hand, hire to help us some 24-year-old young man, and he'd tell us how tired he was at the end of the day, <laughs> and we would just crack up and say, and I would say to him, I'm your grandmother's age, (laughs) what are you talking about? I'll tell you tired, I I haven't felt my legs for two decades. But one of the things that I think is really important and um, we had talked about this in our LaDom panel, the support, helping each other, talking about things, having time to really think about what you wanna do. And so if people right now are working at home, But, or if they're not, or worse, if they've been laid off, several young women that have gotten laid off have said to me, I just don't know what to do. I said, have you asked yourself? You know, do you take the moment? I don't, I'm not making light of bills or anything like that, that, you know, money, how it interferes with our dreams sometimes. But I'll say to them, what would you really want to do? Yeah. It's kind of like for me, it was the fork in the road. And sometimes those unfortunate situations where you are unemployed, if you have a moment where I say, okay, I'm gonna give you time to grieve the loss of the job you had, maybe you're kind of glad that it ended because you didn't like working there anyway, but you know, grieve the loss of the job that you have, but now it's time to really get yourself organized and think about yourself as a commodity, as something that somebody else wants. And it may not be doing the same job that you did before because maybe that industry isn't hiring or, you know, so that's where it gets creative. That's where you start thinking about the day-to-day things that you love to do. What other kinds of jobs could I do that would allow me to use my skills? And then work with somebody who can help you really craft a resume that doesn't say I was a chef, but it's that I managed, you know, ever saw, you know, the 25 people and we had Absolutely. revenues of this and we did, you know, help somebody write it so that it speaks to whatever the industry is where you're headed next, I think. That's an excellent, that's an excellent point, Leslie. And I have, um, again, friends that are older that said, well, you know, I'd like to go back. I'd like to work one or two days a week, but I don't know if they'll even hire me. I said, well, how will you know if they'll hire you? You won't know unless you try. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting, Denise, I was just going to mention, I was on the phone with a client this morning, a big, large business. I'm in San Antonio, Texas. And he was saying one thing with COVID, a lot of businesses have changed the way that they do business because they've had to, but a lot of the new practices that they put in place, they're actually planning to keep moving forward. And one of those things was they've realized that they don't have to hire in-house support staff, in-house accounting or in-house bill keeping or whatever those different positions are. They, the sky's the limit for them. They can go wherever, because their employee could work from home and 
Timbuktu, Toledo, wherever, and they could still get the job done. Um, and there's accountability factors in place. And with technology, you can do all of these things from wherever you are. So the beauty is for your friends who are saying, I'd like to work for two days a week, they don't have to just look in their own backyard. There may be opportunities out there beyond where they live that would be just as fulfilling. Perfectly said. I think that we don't even know the ramifications that the pandemic's going to, you know, how, it, how much it's changed us. That's all. How much it's changed us. I think this, Leslie, I know for me, and this has been, if I, my, my allergist that wants to see me four times a year, and I understand that stuff, but I have to drive to his office. Do you know what I mean? It takes me mm -hmm. an hour and I have to back and forth. Well, since we've been started doing tele, you know, telemedicine, as they call yeah. it, same thing at Zoom, but the, the medical, the office has their own little program. If I'm not ill, I don't want to drive to those places. I love being, I get my blood test there. The doctor is reading it from right there. I get off the phone. The whole thing took me 15 minutes. You know, we saw yeah. each other and I haven't had to drive for two hours. Mm -hmm. So I think that when you said that, I think there's more jobs. There's going to be more jobs out there in medical transcription and bookkeeping, as you mentioned, editing, mm -hmm. all sorts of resume writing. I think there's going to be I mean, consulting of any kind. I mean, I do right now. I'm doing a lot of um, consulting with executives who are wanting to work on their presentation skills because they're finding not being in the same space with their staff has created challenges because this is a little bit of a being doing something remote by Zoom or by phone is different than being face-to-face, -face. but it's also an opportunity because they're not doing that where they have a little, maybe a little extra time that they can work on things that when they get back to the office, wow, look how, look how strong they are and look how much more of a leader they are. So that's a whole new um, area for my business in terms of doing executive coaching. So I think maybe some people in the audience might have skill sets where they're like, you know, all the years that I've been doing such and such, maybe I can create some kind of coaching program or online learning program. And again, don't try to do it all yourself. If you don't know technology or you don't know how to do it, there's somebody out there who can help you and guide you. And it's a lot faster to get somebody to do that for you than to try to figure it all out yourself. I agree. Such good advice. One or two of my friends said, Denise, I don't, I don't know enough about technology. I said, now listen, if I can learn it, you can learn it. Okay. Mm -hmm. and that's because for years in the beginning, many years ago, if, if a client called me, this isn't the, you know, this is way back almost at the, when Cindy came to work for me. So it's been over 20 years, but people wanted a file, Leslie and Cindy had already gone home. And I'd say to them first thing tomorrow morning, <laughs> sometimes I just told them the truth. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I would just say, oh, you know what? I'm not sure about attaching that entire file. It's gigantic, or I'm not sure that it's totally edited. But Cindy will be back tomorrow morning, and we'll take a look at it then. And some clients, they weren't offended, Leslie. They laughed, actually. But they, and then they told me, like you were saying about a personal story. They said, oh, well, I understand that, Denise. Do you know what I mean? So I yeah. thought... I already, I've created this. I come up with the ideas. I do the selling. I get the damn business. I do the bookkeeping. I do the marketing. It's okay if Cindy's better at the technological stuff than I am. Do you know what I mean? And she had tons of talent, but it was okay. I learned to let myself off the hook that I yeah. could do everything. I think that's, you know, one of the things that we talk about with our clients when we're doing reputation management type situations is it's okay to say, to your point, I don't know. 
I will find out. I don't know how, let, let me get somebody who can do it for you. I think people would appreciate you not doing something and mucking up whatever it is than taking a little bit more time to get it done right. So I think today people appreciate honesty like that. And so I don't think that's a negative. I would appreciate your honesty if I were your client. Well, it kind of ran 50-50. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that's okay. But no. now look where you are today. You're doing great and you figured it out. Uh, you know what? I'm very grateful. Now, if you had, <sighs> you've given several fabulous tips already, but if someone, well, you gave one, let's start there. So you were saying, and I think this is where we start. If someone is out of work and they're looking for a job now, and I know that some markets are, and we talked about consulting, some markets have slowed down, some are growing. A good resume is certainly a place to start. And you also, when you just talked about coaching and using Zoom as a way for people to interview, what's another, those two are fantastic. Do you have a third tip for people that if they were trying to break into a new job or what, what would you suggest to them? I mean, honestly, I think relationships are the most important. There can be so many job candidates applying for a position. So if you're, if you know somebody who's in that industry, you know, somebody who works where you're looking for a job, even if you don't know them, maybe you connect to them through LinkedIn or ask your great aunt if she has a, you know, a connection. I think however you can look for who are the relationships that you have in your own backyard that might be beneficial to help guide you or make a connection for you or an introduction. That's always a good way to say, Hey, I would love an introduction or I'm applying for this position. Um, would you mind giving, putting in a good word for me? I think if you're just doing the online job application things, it's a it's sort of a needle in the haystack that they'll find you. So really, I think your best bet is where there's opportunity to um, lean on the people that you know to help um, make an introduction or give you suggestions or even tell you, hey, I know so-and-so's hiring. Ask them, I'm looking for work. If you know somebody who's hiring, where you think I would be valuable, could you pass that information on to me? And I think don't pigeonhole yourself into the, I'm just going to stick with the chef topic since that's what we keep talking about. Don't pigeonhole yourself into, if you know anybody hiring a chef, think again more globally about if you know anybody who's looking for somebody with experience in these areas, I would love for you to share my name with them or if you could share their information with me. Because that's, it's hard to know what is all out there. And you're so smart, Leslie. And in my career, half the time when I got a new client, a good client, do you know what I mean? Or a wonderful repeat client or whatever. It's because someone introduced me to them and we had a personal connection. Yeah. So you're, someone referred me and then it was my job to get the job. Do you know what I mean? But just that little bit of that little boost by having someone suggest me for something made a difference, made a, another, huge. a huge difference. And if say you're in a market where you don't know anybody, and I'll just again, make an example with what I know here, um, because I'm in the world of communications, we have a communications job board in our Facebook for people in the Texas area. And so people post in there and say, hey, FYI, this company's looking for your social media strategist, or this person's looking for a, graphic designer. And so there's a lot of banter about who's looking, but where I see smart people is the ones who are looking for a job posting on there and saying, 
hey, I'm Mary and I'm new to San Antonio and I'm, I've got 10 years of graphic design experience. If anybody's looking, I'd love to talk to you. And then you'd be amazed that I'm looking all the time for good people to work with me, whether freelance or on our team. So when I see somebody that's taking the initiative to put themselves out there, I, I will reach out and say, hey, send me a resume. But make sure if you respond, you respond promptly if you get that and make sure you spell people's names correctly. Because I got an email response the other day where I don't know where she got the spelling for my name, but it wasn't what anywhere remotely what it was. And I was kind of like, yeah, in the world I'm in, spelling matters. So her resume got set to the side. But at least I appreciated her initiative. <laughs> that, and that is, oh, Leslie, that is such a good statement because one of the things, well, I think Cindy was one of them. The, the interns that I would take, now Cindy came, showed up as an intern. She lived in Venice, which was very close to my studio, which was really helpful. We both went to the same culinary academy. But the example going back, she just kept calling me. Do you know what I mean? She just kept calling me. And I remember thinking, oh, Christ, I'll have to have an appointment with this girl because she's called me so many times. And then it turned out to be, you know, the smartest thing that I ever did was that Cindy came to work with me. But people and will speak to this. And then I, I, I cannot thank you enough, Leslie. People give up and you because I know you're a per perseverance baby, as I call you. Yes. People give up too easily. And I'm, I'm not saying it's not a lack of character. It's because they're afraid, as you said in it earlier. But people try once and then they give up. And you can't, you have to, I used to always say, of course, my father made me take a Dale Carnegie course. This is so long ago. You were probably in high school. I'm not sure if Cindy, Cindy may have not been born. Uh, the two of you were babies. But if people don't know Dale Carnegie, he, you know, he was a motivational speaker, wrote fabulous books that still sell millions of copies every year. But Dale Carnegie taught me that just because someone says no this time, it doesn't mean they're going to say no next time. So I am of the firm belief in perseverance, Leslie. And I mean, and this is my favorite perseverance story. In the dark ages, when there was called a book of the month club, my very first cookbook I'd written came out, my little catering book. And they used to send out a brochure every month and people were members and they got free books and they, the more you got. And on the, it was a big deal if your book got in their catalog, okay? And I had met the woman who was in charge of it. Her name, I won't say it in case she ever, she's still alive. I'm sure she doesn't want to remember the story, but I'd met her at a conference and I introduced myself to her. And of course, she was probably flooded with people introducing them to her. But I said, I've written a catering book and I'm hoping, you know, I'll send you a copy that you would glance at it. And you might, if you could just make a mention I would be eternally grateful. Well, every I called every week for about eight weeks. Leslie, I called her office. Her assistant did not put her on the phone. Now, on about the eighth week, the assistant said, you could hear the assistant, she was like, oh, it's that annoying woman with the catering book. You know what I mean? Off trying to cover the phone, but not very well. And to make the long story short, the woman got on the phone, the executive editor, and she said, I have never had anyone call me this many times in my life. Yes, we have your book. 
yes, I'm going to put you in the catalog only because you've called so many times. And then she said, will you stop calling me? And I said, when I see my book in your catalog, she said, thank you. We, and she was really funny. She wasn't rude at all, but she was firm. She like said, we're done now. <laughs> the following month, the book, the catalog came out. She gave me that wonderful spot in a catalog that was the tear off in the, oh, this is so long ago, but anyway, it meant that if people put that in an envelope, then they got an additional $5. I sold something like 3000 books that month. Do you know what I mean? Which for uh, the first book and no social media, stuff, it was huge, Leslie. Okay. Yeah. So I learned from that, that perseverance counts for everything. It does. And I mean, sometimes you do have to put yourself out there in ways that makes you a little bit uncomfortable, yes. but that's okay. That's okay. Because if you just sit back and wait for it to come to you and I hope that they got it and you don't reach out to find out then, and you know, maybe you were a little annoying, but you all both got what you wanted in the end, right? You got in the catalog and she didn't get a call back from you. So that's great. <laughs> <laughs> well said. And so that's why you're in public relations. You handled that. You know? <laughs> I will say several years later, I ran into her at a conference again and I said, hi, I don't know if you remember me. And she looked right at me, but very sweetly, she said, oh, honey, I remember you. <laughs> <laughs> that's so she funny. did include my other books moving forward. So I was very grateful for that. Yeah. Well, Leslie, I can't thank you enough. You, you have been a fountain of information, just like you were last time I spoke to you. How and how are you? Is it more stressful for you trying to do business in the pandemic or have you just kind of let it be water off a duck's back? No, I will. Be, I mean, it's hard. It's it's scary. I mean, you know, for me, I, I can still do the work that I've always done, but businesses are sometimes cutting back, which I don't recommend when it comes to marketing and public relations. But sometimes that's just a hard decision. So there at the end of December, it's always that when that contract renewal time comes, it, I had a few conversations with my husband about, Ooh, I hope I, this is going to be okay. But, you know, it's kind of to your point, it's that perseverance, sometimes getting in the position where it's looking a little bleak or bleaker than it was the day before, it makes you kick into higher gear and becoming the Cindy of your office. I decided, you know what, I can't sit here, I need to get out and pound the pavement, reach out to people I know, find opportunities to do things collaboratively. And it's a balancing act in when you're in a business where you only can handle a certain amount of business it's always a balancing act. You don't want too much. You don't want too little. And so it's kind of, you just have to learn when you got to push on the gas and lift off, but it really kind of kicked us into gear to go for some projects that we probably wouldn't have gone for before. And it's actually right now it's great. And I'm happy about that, but there are some challenges. I think that personal communication in the same room is there's something about that, you, really, you know, a relationship is better in person, but we can't do that now. We don't know how long that's going to be. So I just find that asking your clients what works best for them, how do they want you to communicate with them, what are, what are their challenges, and trying to adapt to their needs makes it better for everybody. So um, I think just if I could leave people with anything, I think it's to not be so hard on yourself. Don't get down in the dumps. Um, take a breath. I think we talked about this before, just taking a moment to go outside, take a deep breath and try to center yourself and really think about strategically, this is an opportunity, not a hindrance. I have a moment here where I can do something new, different, in addition to what I've been doing, change the way I do business to adapt 
I think people can be, they'll be okay. I think you just have to get, keep going and, uh, and find that support system. Excellent. Leslie, thank you so much. I feel like, uh, even though I know it's only Zoom, I feel like we got to see each other and I'm so yeah. grateful because we did. And this was wonderful and also very inspiring because sometimes I, I feel this way and you already said this, when you can bounce it off other people, I hear myself saying things that I may have been afraid of something to try. And when I hear myself saying, just keep doing it, I realize that I can take my own advice. Yes, and asking other people what they see your value to be. Sometimes they'll tell you things you hadn't even thought of. And that is that is awesome advice that they're going to give you. And then you take it and do something with it. So um, I'm so honored to be here with you though, because you, I, you inspire and um, I think staying connected with each other and giving each other hope. That's what we need today. Oh, Leslie. Well, listen, stay well. Thank you so much on our website. Cindy will put all your vital statistics up. We put up how to reach you so people can reach out to you if they want to, if they're looking for some consulting, if they're looking for someone to help them. Leslie, thank you so much. I totally appreciate it. I think I'm supposed to also say, contact us at womenbeyond at iCloud.com. Oh, look, I'm getting a thumbs up. I usually manage to bungle. That's like the only thing I'm supposed to say, Leslie. And yet I can, I can bungle that because that's how I work. So anyway, thank you, everyone. Thank you, Leslie. Thank you, Miss Cindy. And bye-bye.